Hello, welcome to Discovering Jazz, where you and I go on a journey of discovering this exciting music. I'm Larry Seidman, coming from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Thanks to Peterborough Independent Podcasters for hosting this podcast, Discovering Jazz. This week, part two of Unusual Instruments in Jazz. That's a track that's become a darling of the YouTube set. Bagpipe Blues by Swedish jazz musician and multi-instrumentalist Gunhild Carling. Well, Carling as a YouTube jazz bagpipe phenomenon is pretty recent. There is a much older history of bagpipes and jazz. The man who wrote Bagpipe Blues was Rufus Harley, and one of his albums from 1972 was described on NPR as... A black man wearing a Scottish kilt blows some serious improvisation over a pulsating conga rhythm. Rufus Harley was a tenor saxophonist who picked up the bagpipe after being enamored by it when he heard it played at President John F. Kennedy's funeral in the early 1960s. He recorded a handful of albums for the Atlantic label. 
Here is one of his most heralded, 1972's Recreation of the Gods, with organist Bill Mason. This tune is called Gods and Goddesses. Rufus Harley. Thank you. 
pretty weird. Rufus Harley. Let's uh, go to an instrument on the other side of the pitch spectrum. The tuba. It was once the main bass instrument in the early days of jazz, but uh, it was replaced by the string bass once the string bass was able to be picked up by modern amplification methods. But there is a tuba player who has been very prominent in modern jazz. His name is Howard Johnson. Sadly, he just died last January at the age of 79. He was an original member of the Saturday Night Live band and played on major jazz recordings of the 1960s and 70s by musicians like Charles Mingus, McCoy Tyner, Carla Blay, and Charlie Hayden. He also contributed arrangements and horn parts for rock stars like John Lennon and Taj Mahal. He formed an all-tuba ensemble in 1995, and an album they put out in 2017 received a raving review in Downbeat magazine. It's called Testimony, and I believe it features six tubas. Here is a Jazz Crusaders tune written by saxophonist Wilton Felder, way back home, Howard Johnson and Gravity. Thank you. 
The six tubas of Howard Johnson and gravity. Let's move from a large wind instrument to one with lots of strings. 21 of them, in fact. It's the Cora. The player is a musician I came to know when I lived in the Yukon, and I was mesmerized by some of the groups he would put together at Whitehorse's Frostbite Music Festival. Over the years, he has put out a number of great albums of jazz and world music. While I initially knew him as a pianist, in 1976 he studied the kora, a 21-stringed instrument from West Africa, and that instrument is as prominent in his records and concerts as is his piano. Here is something from a 1989 album, and while it was produced in Whitehorse, it employs some of the best of Toronto's jazz musicians. It includes Perry White on saxophone, bassist George Collar, drummer Mark Kelso, plus vocals by Tamara Silvera and Holly Cole, and percussionist Rick Lazar, Rudy Kwame Williams, and Marimba by Mark Duggan. From that album, here is a traditional West African tune called Tiramakan that features Daniel Jenks' Kora. Thank you. 
Jank on the Korah. This next instrument isn't an unusual instrument at all by any stretch. It was the primary instrument in New Orleans style jazz groups and uh, as well as in swing groups of the 30s and 40s. Uh, I'm talking about the clarinet and uh, the bebop of the 1940s ended up replacing it with the saxophone. But there still have been a few more progressive jazz clarinetists, such as Gregory Aged, who recently put together an album with extended improvisations on the instrument. I'm not going to feature the clarinet per se in this program of unusual instruments in jazz, but I'll play two tracks where the clarinet is significant as I talk about two other less popular jazz instruments. One is the accordion. There are a few jazz accordionists, and one of the most famous was Art Van Damme. 
from Michigan. But there is another one who made a couple albums with one of the great jazz clarinetists of all time. The accordionist's name is Tommy Gamina, and the clarinetist is the great Buddy DeFranco. I have an album by those two from 1962, which I love. It's called Kaleidoscope. What Kamina is actually playing is a type of accordion that he invented and built himself. It's called an accordio organ that has a transistorized electronic organ built in. He demonstrates it here on Benny Golson's Whisper Knot. Buddy DeFranco and Tommy Gamina.
Benny Golson's Whisper Not by the Buddy DeFranco Tommy Gamina Quartet. Along with DeFranco's clarinet and Gamina's accordion, you have John Doling on bass and William Mendenhall on drums. Clarinet is also featured on this next one. It's a Canadian ensemble called Safa with Saul Ferreras on Peruvian Cajon, clarinetist Francis Houle, and Vancouver's Amir Kushkani on the tar and setar. So what are those other two instruments? The tar and the setar are three or four stringed long-necked lutes used in traditional Persian music, and the kajon is a box-shaped percussion instrument originally from Peru. Here are Safa with a tune called Nave from an album called Alight from 2002.
Well, I guess it's a bit of a stretch to be calling that jazz, isn't it? It's much more world music. However, because Francois Houle, the clarinetist, has such strong jazz credentials, I do have that record filed under jazz. That's a group called Safa, tunes called Nave. Let's have some more unusual instruments in jazz. Not too much question about the jazz credentials in this next album. It's chromatic harmonica wizard Toots Thielman with pianist Kenny Drew, bassist Wilbur Ware, Pepper Adams on baritone sax, and Art Taylor on drums. It's a 1958 album called Man Bites Harmonica. Here is the Louis Armstrong classic, Strutton with Some Barbecue, Jean Toots Thielman from 
Toots Tealman's on the Chromatic Harmonica, strutting with some barbecue. I have some more unusual instruments in jazz for you. How about the bassoon? According to All About Jazz, there are only a handful of full-time jazz bassoonists, but the most accomplished and prolific is Michael Rabinovitz. Here's something from an album he recorded in 2017 called Uncharted Waters, the classic When Sunny Gets Blue. Michael Rabinovitz on bassoon. Thank you. 
Rabinovitz on the bassoon, also playing Ruslan Kane on bass, Nat Harris guitar, Vince Ector drums, When Sunny Gets Blue, written by Marvin Fisher and Jack Siegel. Let's stay with unusual instruments that you blow rather than pluck and go back to the year 1924. Did you ever hear of a sarusophone? It's a saxophone-like instrument first produced in 1856 and named after French band leader Pierre-Auguste Serrus. One day, the famous clarinet and soprano saxophonist Sidney Bechet brought it to a recording session. Here are the results. Listen to Bechet's sarusophone solo right after Eva Taylor's vocal chorus.
Sidney Bechet playing the soprano sax and the contrabass sarousaphone. Also playing on that track are Thomas Morris on cornet, Charlie Irvis trombone, Clarence Williams on piano, and William's wife, Eva Taylor on vocals. That's from 1924. Now, something for all you many ukulele players. The ukulele had made a huge comeback everywhere, but maybe not so much in jazz. But it has been used its main exponent being Lyle Ritz, who picked it up in the mid-1950s. Later, Ritz became known as a bass player for the Wrecking Crew. Here he is with Duke Ellington's Don't Get Around Much Anymore with Don Shelton on flute. Thank you. 
don't get around much anymore from a 1957 album called How About Uke? That's Lyle Ritz on the ukulele. Such delicate playing. You've been listening to Discovering Jazz. My name is Larry Sademan. Today, featuring Unusual Instruments in Jazz, Part 2. One more selection. Hal Wilner put together a sort of tribute album to Charles Mingus in 1997, where he had various musicians play on some of the very unusual instruments that were handmade by Harry Parch. Here you'll hear a didgeridoo, singing bowls, various gongs, and who knows what else, as well as the guitar of Bill Frizzell, Charles Mingus's Canon Part 1. Tune in next week, where I'll play a few records from my record collection. Bye for now.